0: the great feast of Pentecost is finally here, the end of the Easter season, the third of the great feast of Christmas, Easter, Pentecost, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one to honor each of the persons of the Trinity. And on this great feast of Pentecost, I'm reminded, as I was praying about how sick I am of superhero movies. That's kind of what came to me. I'm, I'm just getting really, really sick of them. And by the way, I went, I think, to one of the best movies I've seen in a very long time. And I don't go to a lot of movies. But the movie Nefarious, it's at the Grand Theater, it's still there, it'll be there tonight and then tomorrow and it's gone. If you have time to go to it, go. It is one of the finest movies I've ever seen. Not only in its writing and acting, its dialogue, it is the most accurate, theologically accurate thing I've ever seen on the big screen. And now I I know it's about demonic possession, but it's not that scary. It's a little scary, but it's not that scary. And the reason it's not that scary is because it portrays evil as it truly is. It's not heads spinning around and green vomit and eyes rolling back and contorted bodies. That's part of it. But that's what everybody, like, goes to see. They want the adrenaline rush. This shows evil as it actually is. And what is evil? Sadness misery, desolation, loneliness. It shows evil for what it truly is. And so I just go. You will not be disappointed, I promise you. And if you go, stay till the end of the credits. No spoiler, stay to the end of the credits. <clears throat> and text me afterwards if you don't understand it. Anyway, I bring it up because, as I said there... This one is well-written, it has a good plot, great dialogue, great acting. Most superhero movies do not have a good plot. (laughs) They they have terrible acting, if they act at all. All of it's technology, it's all green screen. They're really doing nothing. It's all just kind of pop, if you will. And I hate, I'm I'm so sick of watching them. It's just the same thing over and over and over. But there is one truth that I've seen in superhero movies. Only one, (laughs) I think. And that one truth is this. You don't become a superhero until you start focusing on others. So long as they're focused on their, themselves, everybody's like, boo, you know? We want, like, the man of integrity, the man that goes out, and or the woman that does all these things for other people, that uses their gifts for other people to save the world. That's the only thing I like about them. Another reason I don't like them is because they're not real. I hate to tell you this, kids, but... The Flash is not a real person. Superman is not a real person. Batman's not a real person. They're made-up characters. Cool characters, you know, to be sure, but they're made up. But until they give their life away, they are not a superhero. And I think way too often, the reason I bring this up, is because way too often, I think we see the Holy Spirit as like the bestower of superpowers. Like walking on water, levitation, mind reading. All these care rooms, gifts for the Holy Spirit that he gives to people are almost like superpowers. But here's what we miss. We miss that it's not the superpowers or the gifts of the Holy Spirit that makes someone great. What makes them great is who they are. And it's only because of who they are that they can receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's not the powers It's the person. I came up with that. It's not the power. It's the person. So what do you need to be able to receive these promised gifts of the Holy Spirit? I think there's two things. Are you available? Number one, to God's workings and how he wants to work in your life. Not the way you want him to work. How he wants you to work. Are you available for that? And are you willing to step out into the deep? Are you willing to put yourself out there when you don't know what's going to happen? Those are the two things God needs to work in, in, the, in the spiritual life. A couple of weeks ago, I want to tell you this story because <clears throat> this was a true superhero. A couple of weeks ago, a, f- a friend of mine, they almost lost their daughter. I think she was three years old uh, to a drowning accident in their pool. So the parents had stepped away for a little bit. And what I'm going to tell you that people said and did, this is, this is true. This is accurate. I didn't make this stuff up. So they stepped away to, to walk out into the yard or something. I can't remember what it was but the boy i don't even know how he old maybe he's 7 he's playing on the water slide with his friend and he said all of a sudden i heard the holy spirit say to me this little kid said this i heard the holy spirit say to me look right so he looks right and he sees his little sister face down <clears throat> and he said he jumped he dove into the pool she was in the deep end he couldn't he couldn't carry her so the, the, the genius of this little boy he held his breath went underneath held her up and walked on the pool floor holding her to the sh- getting her to the shallow end then pulled her put her out onto the edge of the pool then ran and got the parents and the friend the friend who was the fastest of them all got there in time he didn't know cpr and all he said is he's like god help me save this kid and just started doing chest, chest compressions Totally revived this little girl. The EMTs got there way too late. They said if, if, if you would, she was seconds, like seconds from brain damage or death. And he said during the chest compressions, he's like, I was going to do mouth to mouth, but then something inside of me said, don't do that. He didn't do it. I read later that mouth to mouth is actually the most efficient way to do CPR on a drowning victim. <clears throat> so God wins. Because you got people that are willing and available. It was great. So last week <clears throat> we celebrated a wedding of the oldest daughter. So instead of a funeral of the youngest daughter, we celebrated the wedding of the oldest daughter. And I was at the bar, go figure. <clears throat> but I was I was standing there, <clears throat> and the little boy standing next to me, and the guy who did the CPR comes walking up, and I'm like, I'm like, hey man, we need to get you a cape. I'm like, you're a hero, and he's like. I'm not a hero, that guy, he's the hero. And I looked out at the little boy and I'm like, you a hero? He's like, yeah. (laughs) I love it, little kids are just so innocent. Of course I'm a hero, are you kidding me? I saved my sister's life, fabulous. But these two were willing and available. And when God gets that, he can do a lot. He can do stuff that's beyond you, way beyond you. But way too often people are not willing, they're not available. Right, we have, They don't put their gifts at the service of others. They don't put themselves out there. They put their, their gifts at the service of themselves. They don't have time for the spiritual life. They got time for all their own pursuits. And I get it. We're busy. We're all Americans. But we need to get our priorities straight. I hate when people tell me, like, Father. Some people are like, Father, we love your homilies. We look forward to them every week. And that's great. Thank you. But Why? Why do you look forward to them? Because they're entertaining? I'm here to entertain you for an hour that you don't want to be here for? At least you get some good preaching? Or are they here, and because you're hearing them, you're becoming a better Christian. You're giving of yourself more. Because that's what this feast is about. To love more, to give more, to sacrifice more. Or do you just listen, you're entertained, and you walk out and go back to your life, come back next Sunday? Because if, 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 that's, if that's what's happening, you're in the wrong place. It's not helping you at all. And I'm noticing more and more and more that people come to the church just to take. Less and less and less are giving. And I'm not talking just about money. I'm talking about everything. I think it was two years ago I preached on the 6%. You remember that, Amelie? 6% of a parish in the Catholic Church does all the work, donates all the money, volunteers all the time. 6%! Imagine if we had 10% what we could do as a parish. Just 10! 4 more percent! But we come and take. Instead of taking and then going and giving. You know all the stuff we did for... Uh, Lent, you know, we did the catechism class we did the parish mission, we had bible studies for the women, we had men's group for the men that was not for you just to come and take that was for you to come and be formed into a Christian disciple, a dynamic Catholic and I know that's incremental I know that happens little by little by little and this is not a condemnation this is an encouragement I want you to be more I want you to give more, to love more but so often, we as priests here, Father, we want to do this, but we just don't have the time. <clears throat> we have time for camping. We have time for the lake. We have time to work out. We have time to work, but we don't have time for this. I just went down to my brother's graduation. He, uh, he graduated as an officer, captain in the U.S. Air Force. Kind of cool. I was, it was really touching. The whole ceremony, I kind of cried. I didn't kind of cry, I did cry. Because it was, you know, like with all this, we hate America and blah, 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 blah. Like this was, this was pride in America and discipline. It was just great. Airplanes flying over. Anyway, the only place we could stay was in this casino. That was the only place they had a hotel room. So we stayed in the casino and we went down and I, I don't really like gambling, but if I'm going to gamble, I don't want to play slot machines. Slot machines are like the worst gambling on the planet. You just like hit the button, hit the button, hit the button, hit the button. And as you're hitting the button, your money's just going down and down and down. What fun is that? It's not fun at all. Even when you win, it's not really fun. And as I looked around, I looked around you guys, it was a Thursday night, massive casino. Every slot machine had somebody singing that. And I looked around and I was like, if you gave me one week of the earnings of this casino, I bet I could pay for a new school. We got time for that. To go and throw our money away, but I can't give anything at church. I can't up my, my tithe. Now I got to go gambling. I got to buy a new phone. I got to buy a new boat. I got to buy a new cabin. I got to buy... For those of you that don't know, I just got a pontoon. Me and my brother and one other guy all split it together. Guess what? I still tithe. I still give every Sunday. I give to Godshare. I give to the building of the New St. Mary's High School. I give to the school. You can have good, nice things. Now my pontoon's kind of a... It's old. (laughs) But it still floats has got a great stereo. <laughs> Pentecost, you guys. It's all about going deeper. All about going deeper. And if we're not making dynamic disciples here in this church, we're failing. I'm failing. Here's the last thing. I don't know if you caught this. But the gift of the Holy Spirit is given at the exact same time that Jesus institutes confession. He said, it says, He breathed on them, said, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven, whose sins you retain are retained. The forgiveness of sins, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the life of the dynamic Catholic are all wildly wrapped together. Why? Because once you realize that Jesus died for you, died for you, me, who most of the time make our decisions for ourselves, don't do His will, gossip about others, complain about what we don't have. You and me that do that. He died for that. And He loves you. And when you finally understand that no matter what you do, He will always love you. That changes everything. when you know you're forgiven and you can be forgiven again and again so long as you tr- you're trying man does it change the way you live in the second letter of the Corinthians chapter 5 listen to this the love of Christ impels us once we have come to the conviction that one died for all he indeed died for all so that those who live might no longer live for themselves but for him who died For their sake. No longer live for themselves. But for him who died for them. And when I read that. I thought it was a a typo. Because it says the love of Christ impels us. I thought I should say. The love of Christ compels us. Right? Do you know there's a massive difference. Between impel and compel. I learned this this weekend. Compel. If you're compelled to do something. You do it. Because you're afraid of the consequences that will come if you don't do it. Impel means you do it because you believe it's true. So, where are you? Are you compelled by Christ? Are you here because you're afraid of the consequences that happen if you don't follow Him? Or does the love of Christ impel you? You want to do stuff because you believe it's all true, all of it. How's your Pentecost going? Are you lit up? Are you on fire? Because here's the deal, folks. Superheroes are real. They're just not on the big screen. They're right here. In our midst, in this church. And the world is waiting for you to accept and allow the Holy Spirit to accomplish heroic things through you. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful. Renew this parish and your church. Help us to come to the conviction that Jesus died for our sins so that we might be reconciled to God and no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died and was raised for us. Amen.